Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back for another month of this great podcast. This month's episode is brought to you by Solitaire Cube. One of the most fun and addictive phone apps in the world. Everyone likes playing solitaire, whether that's on your mobile device, on your tablet, on your computer, laptop, whatever. Everybody loves solitaire. Solitaire Cube allows you to monetize your skills. Download the Solitaire Cube app. Use promo code DerekIzzy when you make your first deposit. D-E-R-E-K-I-Z-Z-I. And you will get a dollar for free. That's right, promo code Derek Izzy with Solitaire Cube. You can compete against players from all over the world, one-on-one solitaire matches, solitaire tournaments, and it's all for real money. You can get into a one-on-one match for as little as 60 cents, or if you're feeling brave, go after one of the tournaments. Cheapest tournament you can get in costs three bucks to enter. First prize is six bucks, or if you're feeling crazy... Enter one of the more risky tournaments. For example, Solitaire Champions. That's a high-stakes tournament. Costs you 105 bucks to enter. It is only a four-player tournament. So you're into the semifinals as soon as you enter. But first prize? First prize is $210. So you double your money if you win. But there it is. Solitaire Cube. Promo code Derek Izzy for a dollar free when you make your first deposit, and maybe you'll get matched up against me. Rural parts of Pennsylvania have a long history. Pennsylvania was one of the first states known as the Quaker state, and some of the history may be surprising. There are lots of rural areas, farms, beautiful landscapes. And in the early 1900s, life was different out there than it is today. People's perceptions of reality were slightly different. And most of the areas today where you see developments, housing, businesses, back then, they were just fields and farmland. Farming and working the land was one of the more common occupations of the time. A lot of the rural inhabitants owned land, animals, and they would often live off of this land that they owned. Most of the neighbors in the smaller communities knew each other, and most of the communities in these rural areas were very small. Generally, when one neighbor was going through something, another neighbor knew about it, and then the entire town would know about it. But back in 1910, the topic of our podcast had a terrible dream. Some would call it a nightmare, depending on how well you're Marriage is going. She had a dream 
that her husband was going to go to work and never return home. She actually begged her husband not to go to work. But of course, nobody's going to listen to a dream. At least, not her husband. So her husband went off to work working for the DuPont Chemical Company. And the day seemed like a normal work day. His wife must have been crazy. What was she thinking? Telling him not to go to work. But on that tragic day, there was a horrendous explosion at the DuPont factory. And the husband was killed in the explosion. The wife's dream, or premonition as you could say, came true. Was it luck? Was it fate? What gave this woman the ability to predict the future? Or was this just a strange coincidence? Or was this premonition something she desired to happen? Let me introduce you to Albert Shinsky. From all accounts, Albert was a hard-working young man. Working on a farm as a teenager, Albert developed a strong work ethic, and he was very well-respected in his community. Even though he was only a teenager, he did have a girlfriend. A girl named Selena took a liking to Albert. One day when Albert was out working in the field, he had an encounter with the neighbor of the farm. That neighbor was a woman who was older than Albert, but she had a problem with where the property lines were. So this interaction between her and 17-year-old Albert Shinsky would be a memorable interaction. Now, even though Albert didn't own the land or have any tie to it, he felt empowered because he worked for the farmer who actually owned the land. So he felt empowered to stick up for his employer during this interaction with the next-door neighbor. But the next-door neighbor woman accused Albert of trespassing on her land, which is how the property line dispute arose. After a very heated screaming match, Albert was caught off guard that this woman was yelling at him, and then she gave him this deathly stare. Albert, being this 17-year-old who seemed like a nice kid, hard worker, this was something that caught him totally off guard. Albert didn't know what was going on. He was suddenly filled with fear, and he started sweating. He decided to escape the situation and go back to the farmhouse. Born in 1870, the topic of our podcast came from family that immigrated from Europe back in the 1700s. Now, her side of the family largely came from Germany, and it was very common for them to use herbs and rituals as a way to heal and, and ward off evil. And that was partially what the topic of our podcast did. She was known as a healer. She would care for patients at her house, and she had a reputation for being able to help people. But there was a growing segment of the population that questioned her methods. The topic of our podcast had been living in a house, and her family had been feuding with another family since 1876. There was a parcel of land located up in the mountains that the family was disagreeing on who actually owned it. And this led to a, a brutal feud between the two families, and then eventually a court battle 
which ended in 1925, when the topic of our podcast was evicted from her land. This battle would finally end in 1925 with a court decision that went against the topic of our podcast, and she was actually evicted from her house. She had a daughter, and they were thrown out of the house by court order. Their furniture was removed, only to find a few weeks later, they were right back in the house. Another eviction process would start, and the same thing happened again. A few weeks later, they were right back in the house like nothing had happened. This time, the community had had enough. The police showed up, armed with weapons, and they forced the family out of the house, and they sent the woman to live in a house on the other side of town. At this new house, she would take in a boarder. He was a man who had problems with his feet, and she was trying to heal him. His name was Jacob Rice. Her daughter also lived with them. Tavi was her name. Now, known as this natural healer, using herbs and what some of the community considered spells to cure people, she had developed a reputation where certain people feared her because they didn't understand what she was doing. They thought she was some kind of witch, using witchcraft to heal people. Is that what Albert Shinsky had encountered when he interacted with the topic of our podcast? Maybe. Albert started getting sick. He was having trouble sleeping. And when he could sleep, he was having nightmares. He told his doctor that it felt like somebody was putting sharp pins into his sides. And they just kept pushing on them. And this pain was agonizing. And it would never stop. Albert saw several doctors. And none of them could help. They recommended treatment like... One of the doctors thought it was a possible nerve disorder and recommended that he take some cool baths to try and calm himself down. That didn't work. Albert said that one night, he had an encounter with a black cat. He said the cat's eyes were green and glowing. He said the cat hissed at him and told him to get rid of the old woman who put this curse on him. Unable to eat, pains all over, suffering from severe exhaustion. Did he actually have this encounter with the cat? Or was there another sickness that was tormenting him, causing him to imagine this encounter? When he tried to sleep, he complained that hands were choking him. And this cat that would visit him at night, this cat had the ability to change shapes and disguise itself. Albert was convinced that this was a result of a hex that had been put on him by the woman he encountered and argued over property lines with. Was it a hex? Albert definitely was convinced that it was. Even Albert's girlfriend, Selena, confirmed everything that Albert was going through was true. She said he was constantly in pain and he was barely living at this point. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't work. He was basically dying. One day, a voice shot out of the sky. The voice told Albert to kill the woman who put the hex on him. Between the encounters with the cat and the voice coming from the sky, 
Albert knew he had to take action. This was the only way to rid himself of the hex that was killing him. He must kill the witch who put this hex on him. And that's exactly what Albert Shinsky set out to do. On March 17, 1934, Albert would borrow a gun. He loaded it with bullets he made himself that were specially made to kill a witch. But on that night, the topic of our podcast was in her home, taking care of Jacob and her daughter. And it was late at night or early in the morning, depending on how you view time. A car would come down the road leading to the house where the topic of our podcast was treating her patients. And in the darkness, a sudden noise, a crash, and a flash would come through. Albert had fired shots through the window, hitting the topic of our podcast. The window was shattered. The two bullets entered her heart and lungs, killing her. Albert would say that as he walked back to his car, he started to feel better. He believed that the hex was now broken. He went back to his car and drove home. Jacob and Tolly tried to do everything that they could to save the topic of our podcast, but they were unable to do anything. Police would start their investigation. The first direction the investigation took was that this was probably a feud between neighbors in this rural area, and that one of the families had just executed the killing of somebody from another family over, over a land dispute. That was, that was more common in areas like this. But as they started questioning neighbors, there were some neighbors that reported seeing a car parked by the house. That led the police to question Albert. And when they questioned him, they asked him why his car was parked there. And he calmly explained to them that he was there to kill the woman. And it was self-defense. Albert told police about the hex. And local newspapers actually referred to him as the hex slayer. Now that police knew exactly who did it, Albert was set for trial. Albert was open and honest about why he did what he did. He explained to the newspaper reporters and to the police about the encounter he had had with the woman six or seven years before and how he had been suffering ever since that day because of the hex that she put on him. This led to an evaluation. Dr. Walter Bowers, who at the time was a superintendent at the county hospital for the insane, he would do an examination of Albert Shinsky and determine that Albert was insane. This was in 1936. Because he was deemed to be insane, he was not given the death penalty. Now, Albert didn't accept this. Albert still maintained that he was completely sane and he refused to plead guilty by reason of insanity. But that was exactly the decision that the court made. Albert was sentenced to serve out his term at the Fairview Mental Hospital. And that's where Albert would remain for most of his life until he was granted a new trial. This new trial would take place around 40 years after he was originally sentenced. That brings us to 1976, Albert's new trial. 
This new trial in 1976 started off with doctors evaluating Albert and agreeing that he is now sane enough to stand trial. But when it came time for that trial, the authorities agreed that Albert had already served his sentence. Albert would now be free. After serving time at the mental hospital, getting prepared for this 1976 trial, the authorities would make the decision that Albert had served his time and he was now a free man. Albert would move back to Ringtown, where he would live the remaining years of his life. Albert would then die in 1983, several months after being admitted into a nursing home. Do you remember Albert's old girlfriend, Selena? Selena actually married another man, Charles Betterton. She moved out of Ringtown, and she would die in 2003. The topic of our podcast daughter, Tavi, she actually stayed in Ringtown. She died in 1963. It was never proven what Albert had went through. Albert definitely believed there was a hex put on him. But knowing what we know today, there could have been many physical causes to what Albert had gone through. And as Albert got older, there were times when his story would change a little bit. But what we do know today is that the woman that Albert murdered was not a witch. What we know from her family is that she did not put a hex on Albert. She did practice methods of healing, but placing hexes on people was definitely not one of her abilities. However, at the time in the 1930s, our system of justice was different. People were different. They were much more superstitious and willing to believe a lot more without proof. The topic of our podcast was killed over a superstition. That woman was Susan Mummy, also known as the Witch of Ringtown. Because now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Derek Izzy Show. Remember, download Solitaire Cube. Play some Solitaire. Use promo code Derek Izzy, D-E-R-E-K-I-Z-Z-I. And get some free money. Use that promo code. When you make your first deposit, you will get $1 for free. Thanks for listening. If you've got some spare time, write a review on iTunes or write a review on any of the streaming platforms that you're listening to this on. We've got, we've got Spotify. We've got Amazon Podcast. We've got DerekIzzy.com, Apple Podcast. Check it out on all the platforms. Write a review and then tell your friends. Tell your friends about the show. Our audience grows best when you, the listeners, spread the word. Good day.